Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand. Always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture. I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. So happy to have you, finally. Thank you. We're I'm, both really in our prime. Why are we not sponsored by, like, Tylenol <laughs> and Advil? Wait, Decongestant so you, brand. So are you, did you post about having being yeah, positive? I've got, yeah, I've got COVID. Did you post about it, though? I don't remember seeing, like, I didn't stories. make a post. I mean, I made a photo of, like, how chaotic my freaking living room is right now because the kids got it first and we got it second, which... Yes, in the grand scheme of things, it's great that we weren't all sick at the exact same time. But now you have to understand we have wild toddler running around while crawling around and teenagers who are at home and like need things all the time. And then we're just dead. Like we're just dying. Right. So one of us, like my one daughter, who's like almost 16, she's the only one without it. And so she's just like huddled down to the little like we have a basement apartment and she's like huddled in there. She does not want to get it. She's so terrified. But I'm just like, I I knew I was done for because the second the baby was sick, I was like, I'm done. Like, there's nothing I can do about this. Like, I'm going to have to get it now. Let's just brace ourselves. And honestly, the kids were so mild that I was like, this is going to be fine. Like, I'm going to be so great. We're going to power through this. This is so mild. And then I woke up today and I was like, I regret everything. It's not mild. Oh, my God. But you look great. I got ready. Honestly, for my mental health, I got ready. I, I think there's something about being sick that makes you feel so much less of a human. And so whatever you can do to sort of chip away at that feeling. And for me, I just like had to have a shower and get ready today because it's just been like days on end of just a blur. Right. It does help. It does help. Like you forget about it. Like yesterday I had to do like a little shoot thing and I was like, I'm so done. So but like I'll, I'll pull together for an yeah. hour. And like for that hour, I was like, chip, chip. Like, I don't know how we have it within us. Like a man could never. Is your never. husband more of a baby about it? Yeah, for sure. And this morning he comes downstairs and he's like, I think I got to go back to bed. And I shot him this look and he's like, I'll do it later when the baby's sleeping. And I was like, yeah, like we you're I don't care if like one of us is here watching the baby. We're in this together. Like we cannot like I just but he just had a vasectomy. And this is so funny. I did not know that testicular pain could be a side effect of COVID. My husband, who just had a vasectomy, now has this pain in his ball sack because of COVID. It's a real Wait, thing. how do you know it's not because of the vasectomy, though? He was already like it was already past the point like he was already feeling so much better. And then it just started to get painful again. So he's having to be really careful. But it's just like, wow. Wait, OK. 
I'm recording on my end. Are you recording on yeah, your end? Yeah, I'm recording. Oh, okay. So we're just in it. We're yeah. in it to win it. <laughs> let's let's introduce our fucking guest, Sarah from the Birds Papaya on Instagram mm-hmm. is finally on the podcast. I'm so excited. I am too. to have you here. We became like internet friends this year and you're just like the cutest, most supportive, real woman on Instagram and everyone should go follow you if they don't already. I have to tell you the vasectomy story is so good. I want to come back to it, especially because like apropos vasectomy, like Hilaria Baldwin, maybe you should reach out, like (laughs) tell her about this procedure for Alec. Seventh baby. I know. I know. I'm like IG friends with Hilaria. We just like follow each other. And I, and I find it so fascinating. My sister has a lot of kids and there's something to like, when you have a lot of kids, it really is not like having another baby. It's just like throwing another one in the ring. Like it's so fascinating. My sister's house is cleaner than mine ever has been. I also have four kids. So now that I'm like saying this out loud, I'm like, it's so weird that I could look at people and be like, ow, you're doing like, I know five, you're like, six, wait, six, am seven? I Hilaria Baldwin? Am I her? Like, is it me? Am I the drama? Yeah, no, that's how I, that it, it's so fascinating though. That, like maybe it's less dramatic. You're saying to have, like for me, I have one to have another one will probably be like earth shattering. I think maybe one when two, you, a one yeah. zero to one is the hardest. One to yeah. two is like, what the hell? How do you hold them both? And then it's like after that, I don't remember. Like, I remember my son coming and being like, oh, wow, this is just like you just throw them into the cycle. Like they're just in the routine. And I've watched my sister do this. She's she had six kids in 10 years and it's just a system like she runs everything on a program and a system and her house is clean because the kids are contributing and I'm I co-parent with my kids. So they're only here half the week. So we have like a lot of juggling. So I, I don't have that same system. Right. So she has a, it's a very well-oiled machine watching them with like these multitudes of kids. So I do find it shocking. Seven kids. That's a, that's a lot of humans. Plus they have like nannies. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have like probably a nanny for every two kids. For sure. And the older ones start to help. Right. Right. And I keep saying that and people think I'm kidding. They're like, when are you having another kid? I'm like, when Noah when, can yeah. help. And people when, are like, yeah. you're so funny. And I'm like, no, no. I'm literally serious. Like, yeah. it's like what happened? Like, for me, it's like whatever happens before Noah comes the fuck down a little bit or he gets to an age where he can at least fetch something, you know, if not yeah. to babysit, at least like be like, Noah, can you bring mommy a diaper? Like he needs yeah. to at least be at that point for me to consider another kid or calm down. So you have, can you explain your four? Yeah. And then is one from your current husband? Yeah. So I met my husband when I was going through a divorce and I have three kids. So I gave birth to my first, I got married at 19, had my first baby at 21, second at 23 and third at 25. So I'm 37 now and I have like a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old and a 1-year-old. So I'm like living it twice. But like to that point, I was a stay-at-home mom when they were all little and I timed it that they were all coming at a time where the oldest was still sleeping naps. And so the youngest and then the older older once there was 3 was in school. So it, I always had a break during the day and that's actually when I started blogging was just in those like little bits of hours because it was so isolating. And just, I was not, I was not the kind of mom that I was seeing online and I couldn't understand it, that I was like, not this like mother goose style of person. I didn't want to be part of mom groups. I was like, this is so overwhelming. Like I loved my kids, but I didn't enjoy like the mom experience per se. And uh, I started blogging like through that, but also tried to just like fit in with moms. Cause I was like, I am just not one of you, but I will try. <laughs> Wait, where was your blog then if, when what that time was going on? Wherever blogs were. So my kids are, I started when my oldest was three or sorry, two. And my youngest was just born. We had just moved far away from my family and I was just like super lonely. And I found blogs and I was like, oh my gosh, there's other people like doing stuff in life. And I think when you got, like when you remember blogs coming out, you were just like so obsessed. Like you would read everything they posted. You'd wait for every blog to come out. You were so uh, into people's lives. And I guess I just got to the point where I really wanted to talk back. I just wanted to have something to say, but I had no money. A lot of people who came out with blogs were like funded by somebody else or like 
they had the money to do it. I didn't have the money to do it. So I had like this broken ass laptop and I Googled like how to code your own blog. And I forget, I I sold ad space on it. Like I hustled my way through that thing. And uh, I named it the Bird's Papaya because it, I was home with two little girls whose nicknames were Gemma Birdie and Maya Papaya. And it just has always stuck. And yeah. Well, thank you for answering that question for yeah. me without me asking you. <laughs> I'm sure you get that. I, I'm sure you get that question so much. Yeah, but I know it might be similar to you, though. Like now everybody's shifting away from like handles and they're going into like their names. And I'm like, wait, am I supposed to do that, too? Like, I'm still the Bird's Papaya. It's been like almost I guess my daughter just turned 14. So it's been like 14 years of the Bird's Papaya. And it's just become its own thing. But people often don't know my name. <laughs> so it's kind of hard. Wait, so, okay. So a couple things. Well, you know, I wanted to talk to you about my handle specifically. Yes. I like, DM'd you about it in general. So your your youngest, your one-year-old Lemmy, right? Yeah, Lemmy. She's so cute. And you feature her a lot and you show yeah. her. But your older daughter, you always put like a filter yeah. on her. Yeah. Is that because she doesn't want to show? Like how, how what's yeah. the difference there? So she was big on creating on social media for a while. Huge into cosplay, huge into makeup and special effects. And she struggles. And I have consent to say this. She struggles with anxiety and depression. And she was noticing that social media was really causing her trouble with that. And she also just like started high school and wanted to live like anonymously. Do you remember when we were in high school and like someone developed a camera roll and you were like, oh my gosh, what is going to go on here? Like this is going to go. And then Facebook came out and you're like, oh no, you like woke up the next day and you had to go through social media. She just got to this point where she's like, I don't want my face. I don't want people to know who I am. I wanted to, she just wanted to huddle back a little bit. So we've always respected that the kids get to, you know, I gave consent until they could speak it for themselves. And I mean, that ends up being controversial sometimes, but ultimately I just like have gone with that. My, my parents like posted my photo in a newspaper when I was born and then having Lemmy, I mean, she is, she came during the pandemic. I gave birth at home and I just, in a time that was so dark, I had really bad prenatal depression and then my prenatal depression caused me to not want the baby essentially. Like I was very resentful towards her resentful towards the experience and slowly kind of lost myself to it. So when she was born, that really dissipated and I couldn't help but share her obsessively. And what happened was so fascinating because so many people started to reach out and be like, I'm really struggling mentally and like seeing her every day. Like I would just start the day with just like a little video of Lemmy. And everyone's like, I don't know what it is, but like starting my day this way is like really helping my mental health. So I just became very cognizant of like children are such a gift. Like they, they are such a gift. And they have such a light within them. I know I feel that way when I see Noah, right? Like there is something about them that is so precious. And I've just loved sharing her. And as as strange as it's all been in the last, like to be 37 and going back into motherhood again, like as if I was 21, it's just, it's so cool. It's so cool to kind of get a chance at this again. It was definitely not necessarily a plan for us. We had always expected that Shane would just not have his own children. And we were just going to raise my three, finish that, finish that job off. And we kind of contemplated once the pandemic happened and it's been, it's been such a blessing to our entire home, but also just, I think to myself as a creator to kind of step back and recognize like the power of kids and also recognizing that like my older daughter, like she doesn't want to be a part of that anymore. And I respect the hell out of that too. Like kids with boundaries are freaking awesome. I love it. That's amazing. And she's old enough to be able to say like, mom. And of course, of course, that's, that's amazing. And you're so right about children being like a gift. And you know, the, the messages that I get about Noah and like, thank you for sharing him. And like, he made a dark day, you know, bright. And that makes it so worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, if you sit and actually think about all the negative stuff about sharing a baby. And, you know, you could, I could literally roll up into an anxious ball and be like, yeah. never mind, I'm never gonna share him again. Yeah. But then it's like, sometimes you just have to look at just the positive side. Yeah. And roll with it. Because if we look at everything that way and the like negative aspect, and again, whatever you choose is fine. I know I've spoken about emojiing your babies, mm-hmm. but to be clear about my stance on that, I, that is when, you post a picture with you and the kids and you emoji them. Yeah. Like, that's what I don't get. Then, like, don't post the picture. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. like, 
If you don't want to share your kids, don't share your kids. But I love that you found like a happy medium with that, with your, with your daughter. So that's your oldest daughter. That's that, my oldest. That, yeah. And what about the, the younger one? So my my middle daughter, Gemma, she is now 14. She loves to come on to she likes to take over my Instagram. She has gotten her own little personality. Kids these days do not post on social media like it's not really their thing. They're very much observers and very private in the way that they do things. But it's all very funny and very like chaotic. And she loves these like big eye filters. And she comes on and she likes to basically bitch about me in my own Instagram stories, but I always have to watch them first because I'm always like, yeah. sometimes she'll like, say something like, say? no, you can't, you can't, you don't know. Like no. North, like Northwest style right? savageness. Yeah. yeah just like, wait, so, over. so no boys in the fam. There is a boy. So I also have oh. my son Bowden. He is the one who's 12 and he loves to, sometimes he'll be like, mom, you got to like post my fit today. Like, look at, look at this. This is amazing. Or he'll be like, He's actually the funniest person on social media because he has notifications turned on for like me and all of my friends. So the second I post something, he's the first and he always posts like fire emojis. So a lot of people have just watched him grow up essentially because I've been doing this for so long. A lot of people have grown to know Bowden, but he's like the hype man of the family. So you do see him in stories and stuff, but you mostly see him in comments and he's normally like, he's just like doing these fire emojis. And every once in a while, I'll see him comment like, on somebody's like celebrity page and they're he's just like hey my mom's the birds papaya and like we love you and I was just like oh my god no <laughs> so special the family that you have and I'm like personally I feel like I'm happy that you had Lemmy I know you know me too. Which, and even though you maybe didn't plan to but it's also special that now you have this kind of blended family and we're I able know. to have your love create something together Okay, you guys, did you all binge the latest season of Love is Blind in one sitting, which is way quicker than I did because I suck at binging, but I still love reality TV. Do you have a game plan for how you would win the circle? And do you love and fear Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset? I have the show for you, you guys. There's a new show. It's called We Have the Receipts. It's a new reality TV recap podcast from Netflix and Cast Media that gives you an all-access pass to all things unscripted TV. It's hosted by Love is Blind alum, Lauren Speed Hamilton. We love her. Ship Lauren and Cameron. And Chris Burns, co-host of The Bachelor. Love Chris Burns. You might know him as Fat Gary Bradshaw on Instagram. So they're both the hosts. It's going to be amazing. Must See TV is taken to the next level through prompts, games, segments, and immersive audience engagement. Every week, Lauren and Chris binge the juiciest reality shows on Netflix and and invite the most trending, entertaining cast members from each show to recap their experiences and spill the tea. So check out We Have the Receipts, a weekly reality binge show made for you. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Follow, rate, and review. We have the receipts on Spotify, Apple, or if you get your podcast. You could also watch the show exclusively on Doom. That's T-U-H, Doom, the official companion site to Netflix. That's netflix.com slash T-U-D-U-M. Would you describe yourself as like a body positivity? No, actually. Instagram account? No. So body positivity, while becoming incredibly mainstream, is essentially what I've learned because I definitely use that language very early on. But body positivity was essentially created and founded by marginalized fat bodies. I still, while I have a body that is somewhat different from a lot of mainstream media, I can still go and exist through the world very easily. And that's not the same story. So if I were to co-opt body positivity, I'm basically taking the stage on something that isn't meant for me. And that took a while to sort of like digest what that would mean. Does that mean I'm like body negative? Like, no. And, and to be honest to the language of body positivity, that movement is also so important. Like bodies deserve safety and respect no matter their size, especially in healthcare, which is one thing I've learned so much. A lot of people when they talk about like obesity kills, a lot of times it's killing because of their lack of care in healthcare systems. They go to the doctors with something going on and they're told to just lose weight and go home. This is a repetitive thing. I won't say who, but like a very close family member. I had to witness this in real time about a month ago and it was devastating to see it happen. It was devastating to see 
that there was actually something very serious underlining and the only diagnosis was just go home and lose weight. So this is very real stuff going on. So body positivity has this like whole place. But I'll be honest, like even within that, I felt that really hard constantly using the word positive because it almost felt like I couldn't put my grief somewhere. Like what happens when you have a baby and your body like dramatically changes and you're struggling? Like I don't, I'm not positive. I'm not feeling great about it. And I, confidence is a great, a great language word. I like to use that one because confidence for me was, has never been a feeling. It's been an action, self-love, same kind of thing. These are kind of cheesy one-liners, but again, much more realizing that it's more action than feeling and trying to sort of be real with people about what it is to go through. I ended up with a, basically to give backstory, I, I lost a hundred pounds and and shared it all over social media and ended up with major health issues and disordered eating and had to basically go back on everything I said on social media and become myself and try to just honor who the hell I was and gain weight publicly, then get pregnant and then go through postpartum very publicly. And that's not always a positive experience. It has to also be hard. It also has to be neutral. It, but the main point of it being, how the hell do we show up in our lives amidst change or discomfort and things like that? So I think that's why I kind of live within the body confidence realm, because I think that that's... I like that. I think that's where people struggle the most. And that's something that almost anybody can identify with. But again, we often wait for this emotion of confidence. And when people are like, how do you how do you find your confidence? I'm like, I literally that's not something I like hold. It's not something I found and I've kept. It's how you show up. That's confidence. It is showing up every single day. That's confidence. It's not waiting on a feeling or your body to look a certain way. It's rocking and showing up in your life every single day even in the struggles, even in the grief, even in the change. And it also being not that you have to wear a bikini in order to prove it. Confidence for me is sometimes wearing whatever it takes to make me not think and focus on my body that day, especially as parents, because when we start to get into this cycle of, I don't really want to go to the beach because I don't want to be seen in my body now, or I'm feeling really ashamed of it. Like the only person missing out is you and your kids. Like that's it. And you don't get a repeat on that. And I think that's why I get so emotional about it because I missed out on so much of my kids' childhood because of how I felt about my body. So when Lemmy was born, I was like, I am a melted ice cream cone and I need to figure out how to show the F up. And it was really, really uncomfortable to do so, but I just kept doing it. And I'm so grateful because that's where my confidence came from, not from what I was wearing or what I looked like, but ultimately showing up in my own life and creating the memories that I really hope to make. That's so empowering and so fucking true. I mean, to top that off, you literally showcase your body on social media. I do. Like, how do you how do you do that? Where does that power come from? Mm. You know, to be like, I'm going to bear all you always write, you know, you're just words are so on point and it's so helpful for so many women to see your post. But how did that sort of happen when you were like, I'm going to, you know, bear it all sometimes yeah. and write about how I feel about these different parts of my changing body? Yeah. So years and years ago, when I just stopped getting, I was exiting dieting and I really had to face a lot of my personal discomforts. And you have to remember the, the way that I was working on losing weight was by purposely hating my body. It was never about being happy enough because then I would lose the targets and how to get better, which was what was perpetuating my social media and my success and essentially my income was by, you know, getting quote unquote better, like my body becoming this like performance. Right. So when I, when I was kind of stepping away from that and really having to shift into my own discomfort with my body, my stretch marks were just this thing. And I remember the first time I got them and I bawled my eyes out. I was like a teenager. And then I got more when I was pregnant. And then I had three kids by the time I was 25. And I sort of just like gave up. It was just something that I was, I even remember my maternity photographer on my second pregnancy. I asked her to like blur them out. Like, can you just like blur them out? I don't even want to see them in a black and white photo. They were just, they were not something I'd ever seen on anybody. So it was very bizarre for me to be experiencing them. But when I first started like sharing something different, not just about my body 
getting better, but like showing the things that were really uncomfortable. I shared this like very, like if I look back at it, I'm like, oh, wow, you showed two inches of a stretch mark. Look at you go. But it was a huge deal at the time. And I, and I shared that and I was wearing a certain bra and I tagged that brand as you do. And the CEO of that bra brand, which is NYX, you know them now. Oh, yeah. I work yeah. with them now. Yeah. They're so good. But this is like early days of their brand. And she reached out and she was like, I would love for you to be a part of a photo shoot. And I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, I curate my entire feed. Like, I'm still face tuning everything. So, like, I don't I'm not comfortable with that because I knew that they were going to be like no makeup and like very realistic. But anyways, she was like, essentially, the, the photo shoot's not happening without you. So, like, I'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs> And so I showed up and I was so terrified. And then I thought in my head that they would have me in high rise underwear. And it was like mid rise and I was just stressing. But then there was like a professional model on the shoot. And I noticed that she had stretch marks down her side and she had cellulite and like she wasn't perfect either. And she was just somebody who was like so beautiful and she was like moving every shot and everything was so stunning. And then I go up there and the photographer is like, a foot and a half shorter than me, which if you remember how you take a selfie, you do a high angle. Like, why are we going low? So she takes this low angle photo of me and that photo comes out without like me seeing it. Right. And it's not being posted by me. And it's this like low shot of my stomach with all of my stretch marks, which to describe them go all the way. There are a multitude of them. They go all the way up to my ribs and uh, they can be quite big. And some of them are quite wide. They posted them and I immediately wanted to throw up. I couldn't believe this was happening. It felt like every secret I had ever held close to my chest was now just like out there. And then I read the comments and the comments weren't for me. They were like to this brand. And uh, every single one of them was, oh my gosh, the stomach looks exactly like mine. Like this is my body. This is what I look like. And I was floored because at that time I had no idea that other people had even reminiscent of a body like mine. I felt so, so isolated in the experience and I'll never forget that feeling. And I think that even if it's uncomfortable or sometimes I have to like fight back against that internal feeling at the same time, I'm like, I'll show up on the beach in bikini. Everyone's already seen it on social media. I don't care. Like I've just lost that care for it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like that focus and that obsession with like hating it because I'm like, it's already out there, like whatever. And it is what it is. My body did exactly what it was supposed to do. And it stretched and it did its thing. And like, how cool is that? I've just like shifted my mind, my mindset around it. But I I always remember what it was like to find out that there was other women who looked like me and that there was other women who had the same postpartum experience that I did. And I know that we have all different ones, but now I recognize that by sharing it, it makes it easier for people to not just see themselves in it, but to support their friends through it, to not be like shocked and awe at this, to make this very normal experience, normal. So that's sort of what I've done. And, and I post things now and I don't even really think twice about it. I think it's kind of cool that it's just like, whatever now, because four years ago, it was like, I would literally have to throw my phone to the floor and like walk away for two hours. So I wouldn't delete it. I was so terrified. Right. Okay. I want to tell you guys about birth control delivery and telehealth service called simple health. Simple Health makes access to reproductive wellness convenient and easy for patients to realize their fullest potential. They make it simple with online prescriptions, auto refills, and free home delivery. Simple Health makes that mission a reality, okay? They focus on providing access and expert care to allow people to realize their potential through a healthy reproductive system. They have OBGYNs and physicians that can help you find birth control that fits your lifestyle, whether that's a pill, a patch, or a ring. They also offer additional product add-ons such as emergency contraception and female condoms, okay? Everyone's super busy today, have careers, social lives, and you have someone to stay on top of. One thing that deserves to be a priority is your sexual and reproductive health. And that's where a simple health comes in. They offer this easy solution to get your birth control prescribed online by real doctors delivered free to your door in discreet packaging. So you don't have to waste your time in in appointments and waiting in pharmacy lines. They have over a hundred different generic and name brand birth control options, and you can find the right birth control for you. Most are free with insurance, but without insurance, it's still super affordable starting at like $7 a month. It's done completely online, which we love. And they have a patient care team that partners with you for truly a personalized care. Delivery is always free and they send automatic refills. So you have one less thing to worry about. Okay. 
Right now, Simple Health is offering my listeners $15 off of the consultation fee. So you can try their birth control delivery service for free. Go to simplehealth.com and use code NOTSKINNY to try it. Again, you guys, that's $15 off of the consultation fee. You could try out their birth control delivery service for free. Go to simplehealth.com. Use not skinny to try it. Okay, you guys, I've told you about Pros Hair Care. I've been using Pros for years, for probably two or three years now. I've discovered personalized, customized hair care through Pros. My hair became shinier, smoother, softer, stronger. I've had to wash it less times a week. And it's super easy. You literally go to the Pros website. You take like a quiz. It asks you questions. Um, it's like a hair consultation in-depth quiz. Asks you questions about your hair, your hair type, texture, etc. But also eating habits, damage level to your hair, your zip code so they can explore pollution factors. And then they literally determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns for your hair. So love it. It's time we step our game up. No more drugstore brand, hair care, none of that. We need personalized with your freaking name on it. It's also certified B Corp. So it's an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. If you're not 100% positive, pros is the best hair care you've had. They will take the products back. No questions asked. So you guys, pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it, literally. Take your free in-depth hair consultation today and get 15% off your order. Go to pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash not skinny. That's pros.com slash not skinny for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. I had stretch marks. I don't know how we got all my sisters and I all got like really that kind of skin that yeah. everything shows up. Like my mom doesn't have stretch marks. She had three kids. My dad is like literally a stick figure. Yeah. But we're like, what the fuck? We yeah. have them like on our boobs and on yeah. our side and between our legs. But like, who cares? Like I've always been like between my legs. It's fine. Nobody yeah. Sees yeah. It. Yeah. But like on your side, I remember being like, you know, 13 years old going to the pool and just literally walking around in a bikini because like then it was like if I wore a one piece, that would be weird, you know? Yeah. And I remember this boy was like, what happened? Like, did a cat like scratch you? <gasps> like scratch your sides? And I, I like will never forget that moment yeah. just because like I'm sure people saw it, but nobody would say anything, obviously. But being like a kid, you yeah. know, like 12, 13 with them. Now it's like I feel like it's so normalize yeah. like weird words because obviously it's normal but like I don't give a fuck yeah. about stretch marks now and I know that I don't have it as quote-unquote bad as other people like my sister also just had twins and and she's struggling with that yeah. as well but so your body confidence because I want to really understand and obviously like also you know use it for me and yeah. for the listeners like does that mean you're supposed to because you were saying does that like is that does that mean we're supposed to be like oh, stretch marks are amazing. Like, are we allowed to hate them? Are yeah. we allowed to say, fuck, like, why is my skin so sensitive? You know, that it's like everything shows up and, you know, my, is it okay to want to remove them? Like, how are we supposed, what's, what's the best outlook for people dealing with that? I think, think at the end of the day, first of all, watch the movie Inside Out and you will immediately know why it's so important to also have sadness. Like sadness around things is so important. But grieving I, this last pregnancy, I loved the look of being pregnant. And, you know, immediately postpartum, I was like, bodies are so amazing. And then flash forward it's like so two true, months though. later. It's and I was so like, true. So true. And but then, like two months later, I was like, OK, like, when is this fold in my skin going to go away? This is my first time having what is called like an apron belly. I literally have an overhang. And maybe that's from being older. Maybe it's from four kids. I don't really know. I had to go through grief. Grief is a processing tool. Grief is how we manage change. Grief is how we go through things. And on top of that, some people will make decisions like a mummy makeover or whatever. Again, body autonomy is so important, but I don't believe shame has a place for any of this because if, if I saw somebody get a tummy tuck, which I know many people who have, and I was like, well, you shouldn't have done that. That wasn't very self-loving of you, or that wasn't very body confident of you. 
guess what? They might come to regret later and they might not, but ultimately supporting each other is what is best. I just believe that through and through. I personally have not gone through surgery. You have to be so careful on social media because I know firsthand after my weight loss, I got offered three or four tummy tucks like by doctors on social media who was like, just tag me and like, I'll give you it for free. But I had been so obsessively, like I said, targeting my body with hate that I was like, if I remove this, I feel like the target's going to shift. I'm just going to hate something else about myself. Mm. I was not the kind of person that could healthily go through having surgery. And so, and, and now I'm at the point where I still watch people I follow. And sometimes it's a little bit hard when you've seen yourself like mirrored in somebody else and then you see them remove it. But again, it has nothing to do with me and my journey, but I really want to show up for people as somebody who doesn't do that because I, Mm. I do, I do know now that there is existing beyond it, but I do know also that it was really important for me to grieve and to feel sad and to not love it. There has never been a point to which I have looked at my body and been like, I love what I look like. It has now been that I respect it. I just respect Mm. my body. It has done so much. It's doing a great job. It is freaking, it's amazing that society is so in awe of a woman's body when it carries a child. But when it births it, we're immediately like, "Mm, can you just like nip and tuck and like get rid of that whole thing? Like we're so obsessed with women having babies, but we don't want them to look like they ever did. And so many of us look like we had babies and so many of us don't look like we had babies. And so I just think that supporting each other is super important, but also, yeah, like grieve away. Like grief is, is truly how I got through this last year. So it wasn't easy. It was a lot of, you know, really hard days, but sitting with that instead of just trying to one, make it about losing it, losing weight or losing something or changing something that was deeply uncomfortable. I gained weight when I breastfeed. So that was like a big discomfort for me. To oh, have you to don't really lose sit. it like don't, everybody. People don't lose. The oh, weight. no. OK, no. no. I remember when I was, you know, every, when I said that I was breastfeeding, people were like, oh, my God, you know, so everything is going to come off. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know me. Because yeah. like everything that happens to people, you know, they're like, I'm sad, like it's like I lose weight. No, I eat more and I gain weight or like you breastfeed that only made me hungrier, have less time to like try to be healthy. Yeah. But do you feel the pressure, Sarah, because you were saying like you want to show up for people, which makes sense. Like you have two million followers, people that look up to you in your journey. But like, do you ever think like, am I doing this because or not doing this or whatever for them or for me? Like, it's probably a hard, you know, decision it's it's because you're constantly thinking about like this audience, yeah. right? Yeah, it's gotten tough over the years over certain things like wearing makeup or having hair extensions. Like, how come you're you're good about like accepting this, but you're not a good accepting that, and mm. which is like such a hard line, and also puts the whole onus of like beauty culture and diet culture on the lowest hanging fruit possible. Like, why are yeah. we going to target women who have been like? systemically targeted to hate ourselves our whole lives. And the second we, but do aren't we like, also allowed to want to be beautiful? Like yeah, I was we're saying, allowed like, to do whatever the hell we want. And I think that yeah. that's like, there's just so much cross messaging and, and I, it's taken me a lot of work for myself to figure out why I do things like, why do I like wearing makeup? Why do I like having certain clothes? Why do I like having my hair done? And that has to be a me thing. Right. But it, it has been hard over the years to sort of navigate. And I think anytime you step into just even showing it's fascinating too, that people will immediately put you into like an activist sort of spotlight because you're showing up in your body. I have friends who I I have one friend who's a big, like you're so brave, like the kind of like, you're so brave vibe. Like you're not looking for that. No, but like also like, so I have this friend who's like a, she's a, she's a fat influencer and she works on like mostly out of TikTok. And people will be like, just assume that she's an activist for body positivity or anything. She was just like, I'm just literally a fat woman existing in my body. And people are just like, but where are you championing this and that? And it it can be hard. I think it's, I think ultimately again, and this is why I'm very much like, I know people love to be very upset with how certain celebrities like recycle diet culture or recycle beauty culture. I understand it. But at the same time, I'm like, they've been targeted their whole careers and their whole lives to like hate themselves and to like change and to fit into this mold. Like, I just think that we have to look at the much bigger picture and basically 
work at cutting down the tree than just like mocking women for how we're trying to show up in this world and how we're figuring it out and how we're navigating. I never, ever, ever want anybody to come onto my page and feel shame about themselves and their own personal choices, which is why whenever I talk, I will say me and we, I will never say you like you need to be okay with this or you need to be no, like this is my experience. If you want to mirror that through me, cool. But like, I'm not here to put anything on anybody. But yeah, there is sort of, I think, I think more so the pressure to, as a lot of people come to be okay with their bodies, there is that part of me that's like, I just now want to show up without it being this big statement all the time. Right. right? And, And I still recognize that the power that it holds and I do use it, but I am much more excited to sort of show up in my life. And I know it's made me less like shareable and my growth hasn't been as strong as it was in the early days. But that's also because we've been saturated with this something different. And that makes me really excited that at the beginning, it was something that a lot of people hadn't seen before. And that was really exciting to them. And now it's a very mainstream, normal thing, but it's going to take you know, if you grew up in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, we were so saturated with one specific look and feel and body. It's going to take an oversaturation in the other direction for us to balance out in the middle. And I think that's just where I am right now. Okay, you guys, spring is here. Isn't it time for a refresh, for a fashion refresh, looking to add something in your closet, have any events coming up? Are you feeling blah about your wardrobe? I got a solution for you. It's called newly a monthly clothing rental subscription. Their subscription includes your choice of any six styles you want to rent each month, access to thousands of styles with over 300 brands to choose from, fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about, okay? Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season that's coming. Spring, baby. Rent that floral sweater you're dying to try, but would live on the hanger for half of the year if you would have bought it. It's just really nice, the idea to rent clothing, because like there are things that are so memorable. You just want to wear like a couple times. Why do I need it to live in my closet forever? I don't. Okay. It's really fun also to change your closet up, try new pieces that you wouldn't have tried. It's also super flexible, no fees, no late fees, damage fees. Don't have to worry about that. You could pause, you could cancel. Literally, they have options for maternity, post-maternity, size up to 5X. Newly is already at a great value. It's at $88 a month for six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code NOTSKINNY20. So you go to Newly, N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code not skinny 20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's newly N-U-U-L-Y.com newly with two U's with code not skinny 20 newly subscription clothing rental change your clothes. It's funny, like when I watch like certain movies or TV shows and there's a character that like, you know, reminds me of myself and not like that one prototype that we're used to seeing, I like immediately have like a liking. I'd be like, oh my God, I love that actress or something. And my husband even noticed it. He was sort of like, I've noticed that whenever there's somebody that's like not super skinny on the screen, like you like them. Yeah. and I got mad at him because I was like, what are you saying? You know, because like, give me an excuse to snap. But it, he made me like, look at that. I was like, and then I explained it to him after he said it like a few times. And I don't even remember now, like what movie or what show. But yeah, I love seeing women with bodies on the television screen without like you're saying it being a statement or them being categorized as such. Just yeah. like a hot girl. That, you know, reminds me of myself or of you or of someone that we're not used to seeing in that role. And and without it being mockery, right? Like, look at it without it being anything. Like, don't talk about it. Like, yeah, don't talk about it. We don't need to call it a real body. We don't need to say, you know, this just like show up, look a little bit different than all the, you know, actresses and whatever that we've seen. And like, it'll bring something out in me that is giddy, that is happy to see it. So I wanted to tell you when I found you, it was, I'm I'm trying to remember when this trend was happening. Maybe it was like a couple years ago 
when I'm so glad the trend died down, honestly, but it was saturated with that, the trend of angle and angle, like all these models and creators that are, you know, I will say, I don't know if this is okay to say like this, but like objectively thin, right? Because you can feel whatever you feel, but like, you know, and them doing the like, okay, I know you think that I have roles because I'm sitting like this, but like, look, I go like this and I don't. And like, whoop, I go like this. Do you remember that? Oh, kind yeah. Of trend oh, to it's make those videos? still around. It's still around. But dude, it was a lot. It was a I lot. I don't know. I was posting them and mocking it and being very aggressively um, hating on it. And a lot of people were like, you know, championing my, my, you know, my outlook. A lot of people got mad at me because they were like, you know, this person could, you know, be feeling like this or whatever. And that's when I was sent your page a lot. Like, we'll check out this page. Like, Mm. it'll make you feel good and not angry. And I remember then also saying like, you know, I'm not asking Sarah to bear all for me to, you know, feel good about myself. Yeah. I'm also not asking them to show me their role or their, like, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Like, you You can show up, want to look hot today and find a pose that is you know, you feel the best in. Yeah. I don't need to necessarily see you fold over to show me what it would look like. So what is your take on that trend? Do you think it, but a lot of people were telling me, I mean, that did make me feel better because I thought that model could never have a fold Mm. in her stomach yet there she has one and it made me feel nice. Yeah. And, and I'll say I definitely did those kind of posts at the very beginning of me sort of exiting from diet culture and from dieting in general. And so I saw it as like a very, not necessary, but a stepping stone. It was like a step one of a stepping stone. I think for a lot of people, just even understanding that like folds happen. But I will tell you when I went through the last postpartum and like I had gained weight and like my had this overhang and I couldn't just like tuck away my rolls anymore. They were like prevalent. I was so bitter at those posts because I was just I just realized how triggering they could be. And I also follow a lot of fat creators who were just like, this is so offensive because we have we have roles all the time. So we don't get the chance to just like stand up and have them be gone. So you're basically like showing it, but it it is perpetuating this level of fat phobia. That's like, it's okay. You're still safe. Like, it's okay. You're still okay. Because when you stand up, it's fine. You can tuck it away. You can do the thing. And I think that's uh, at one point I made this like really, really big post when I realized how damaging it was and essentially just reminded people like I, you might see yourself like echoed in my stomach or whatever, having rules, but I still can roll up my yoga pants and go out into the world and have everybody treat me with respect. And that's not the story for everybody. But and I think I just wanted to remind people like there are there is that place, I think, especially for younger girls who are just getting to know their bodies and sort of grasping that a little bit. But yeah, like I do carry a lot of privilege and safety within my body because I can still fit. I wear a size 12, but I still can shop anywhere I want to shop and I can still go to the doctor and not have them focus on my weight. Like these are, these are key pillars to moving safely through this world. So while it might be helpful for people to see that like real bellies exist or like quote unquote, that we have to take a step further than that. And I'm glad that that trend is, is less so because like I said, last year was, it was so triggering. It was so harmful, just as harmful as like nine months in nine months out pictures. Mm. If I'm honest, yeah, this like, or but what would you say to people saying, you know, but I worked hard because the, the thing is, I, I kudos to you for navigating this space because mm. it is so like a like you've, you you're so educated on it and you, you know, went through a journey yourself. But I feel like it's such a tricky space it's to maneuver nuanced. because yeah. everything has. Well, you know, but I'm triggered by this, but like it helped me. But then with the nine months in nine months out pictures, it's like you know, but then a person can say, well, I'm proud of my progress. And like, I worked hard. So why can't I show that off? But again, like we can do whatever we want. And I think that's what's Mm -hmm. so important. It's for me, it's been about protecting myself when I've seen certain people that have really like posting these like before and after baby photos or using their immediate postpartum body as like their before image. I just like have to process that on my own. Like I can't, I can't change people. I can't change their minds. And I also have to again, throw it back into the court of 
diet culture. It's not their fault that they feel like this is what is success. And women have constantly been made to feel like our bodies are the most important thing about us. So it would make sense that people would celebrate how their bodies are, right? Like that would make sense that that's where you would find pride or satisfaction in this world or praise. I think what's really hard is when you see somebody who's immediately had a baby and everyone's like, girl, what's your secret? It looks so good. You look like you've never had a baby. I think body comments are something that as women, we need to stop circulating and not like you can just be like, wow, you're so glowing or like, it's so good to see you. Like I, you look amazing without it being like, you look amazing for having a baby or look, you Mm. look so good. I can't believe you just had a baby. Look like you never had a baby. Like we can just like say you look great and just like end the sentence there. Speaking of of body comments and uh, you, you're just a wealth of like information knowledge. And I hate that we have to finish in. I just wanted to talk about the name of my account. Yeah. It was important to me to get your insight on it because obviously we're saying like obviously when I came up with this name that's glowing behind me in a neon sign yeah it was a thought you know it was a quick thought but it was it was quick because it was so ingrained in me yeah growing up like you were saying the example before of like the friends that are skinnier than you like my friend group growing up like every all the girls were skinny and I was the only one that like had a body Mm. I was super confident speaking of confidence like even if I could never exchange clothes with them Like I like and that's something you guys, it's real. Like when you're 10 years old and you're sleeping at a friend's house and you know that you can't borrow pajamas from her doesn't mean that I was obese. It means that I was bigger than them. Yeah, you were a different size. I was a different size. You're different genetic makeup. And I swear to God, you guys, I was the most I was way more confident then than I am even now. Like I was. I loved myself. I got all the hot guys growing up. I was popular. (laughs) Like there was no issue there, but there were uncomfortable issues when I, like I said, was at a friend's house, couldn't borrow the clothes. You know, I remember a friend's mom at 13 years old and we were talking about liking boys, telling me to not worry, you know, that I have like love handles because guys like to grab like, or like they want something to hold on to. Um, friend's mom said that to me. And I remember taking that with me as a positive thing. Like, okay, they like it. I'm like, then I'm good. It's all about when men are okay with it. Yeah. If they can like grab onto something and I can provide. So I grew up with that notion. I grew up with guys giving me comments that like my butt is bigger. I grew up with people talking about you know, my body in, in different ways. And I think I, you know, my mom raised me to be so confident, mm-hmm. you know, that I literally managed to, to kind of still in those years feel really good about myself, but always with the knowledge of like, I know I don't look like my friends, but I'm also not saying that I'm like fat and yeah. I'm not, you know, neither negatively or positively. I just knew that I wasn't, but I also knew that I wasn't skinny. So for me, coming up with this name was very ingrained in me that I that's how I feel about my body. I'm not skinny, but I'm not fat. And to be honest, like a lot of people really connect with it, mm-hmm. with this name. And a lot of people feel that way about mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when kind of negative comments float about it or they look at the butt like, that I'm qualifying it like I'm not skinny, but don't worry, I'm not fat. God forbid, like putting kind of like and I and I always think about it. Like, do I regret even having like the body, you know, descriptors as my fucking handle of a pop culture, you know, entertainment account? Yes, because I don't even want that to be I don't want it to even be like a point of conversation or, or, or trigger for anyone. So I was wondering your thoughts. Well, first of all, I think it's very fascinating that people read it immediately are fat phobic about it immediately go to the notion that you are negatively speaking about fatness and you're positively Mm. speaking about being thin. So I think that that's one reflector, but yeah, I've seen like, even you'll comment on one of my posts. People are like, why are you okay with this woman? She clearly has a handle that is a fat phobic. And I'm like, is it though? Like, but I also, I didn't know. I thought, I thought you had done it from that movie. And then I also, you know, I follow Skinny Confidential for years and years and years, Lauren Everts. And I, I used to just think it was a cool name. And then when I saw her reasoning behind it, it was like it, the skinny was all about like the lowdown. It was like, let me give you the skinny on this. Like it yeah. was a saying. It wasn't about like how to be skinny. These are the right. tricks. Right. 
But so in my head, I was like, I know you have, I know you have like rhymes and reasons around it. So one, I don't think it's inherently fat phobic. I think it's a descriptor of yourself. And I think that that's one thing, but I also in my head was like, is it just like the skinny and the fat? Like, you know what I mean? Like if you were talking about pop culture in my head, I was like, she's just talking about the skinny and the fat. Like it's all all of it. Right. Like all the stuff in the middle. And I think also like because you use the steak with like the flip-flop so much. And I was like, oh yeah, like the the lean and the fat. Like, I don't know. I always just thought it was that. But I do think like for me, if it were, if it were causing enough problems, I would maybe change it. But I also would challenge people like to think on why they inherently believe it is fat phobic. Because I think that if you're like, I'm not skinny and I'm not fat, there is a place for you, right? Like there is this like. I don't know. Like I almost would love to talk to somebody who's like a fat creator and like see what their feelings were on it. I I personally never have been offended by it. I get really upset when I can't find your handle. I'll say (laughs) when you get shadow banned, I'm very upset because you're in my news channel in the morning. When you were on your trip, I was so annoyed because it was on a different time zone. It wasn't serving it to me first thing in the morning. I was like, damn it. I have to search I'm not being served. And that's funny you say that because when I first... Uh, started a podcast. Well, I don't know if you guys even know this. I was going to call the podcast The Skinny. Like oh. you were saying, kind of like the, the, skinny, the low down, yeah, the, the skinny. skinny. And, the fat, yeah. and then last minute I was like, no, I'll just name it the same thing. For me personally, I will say like, it's how I feel about myself and like my body. And I think that at the time when I started my account, it was like a meme account. Yeah. And a lot of the things I related to, which may in maybe in hindsight, could have been fat phobic and could have been like, I look at some of my posts like at the beginning and it was like, you know, why am I, you know, fat fucked? It's like eating all this shit. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm so fat inside that I, you know, I, I for sure had, you know, I look at myself today and that's why I always tell people about like aging. And when I do like yeah. cameos and stuff, it's like, yeah, I am so much more who I am. Like, the way I am today and think about myself and the world and like everything is like so different yes. than like how I was. Like I look at those posts and 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 cringe yeah. like that I'm like, you know, just a lot of stuff about weight. And mm. you could see that. And it was all directed at me. Right. I wasn't saying you guys. Yeah, it was at myself. So you could tell that I was like struggling or that I didn't always have the best feelings towards my own body. And then maybe by using this name or by kind of being open about it and talking about the struggles, I like felt that it was, you know, com- like confident or that I don't it's care. It's like owning the storyline, that- right? It's like nobody can call you anything if you take it back. Like if you take it yourself, right? right. So I right. totally get that. But look at even accounts like Diet Starts Tomorrow. People immediately will go to it being like a diet meme page. And their entire purpose is like the Diet Starts Tomorrow is all about like it because it never has to happen. Like if you talk to them, I've had them on my podcast. They're an uh-huh. incredible, like the, they're the Sammy and Aileen from Betches. From Betches yeah. yeah. They work through their struggles with like their bodies through and like postpartum and stuff and diet culture through diet starts tomorrow. And so people will naturally assume it's about dieting, but it, you can't yeah. make that assumption because it's actually not. It's never, yeah. it's not been about that at all. So I think that that's, yeah, I just always find it funny that I, I think we're very reactive as a culture and mm-hmm. obviously because we have been burned so many times. And so it makes sense. But I do think that like if you take a beat and take a pause, it is more on the receiver how we take things, especially like my kids when they say when they say something fat or like. I've had to like reprogram my head to be like, that's not a negative thing. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, you yes. have to be like fat isn't negative. Fat is right. Factual. Fat is a thing. And uh, as long as we're not using it offensively, as long as we're not right. using it as a criticism. But I think that's why so many creators have moved away from being like curve creators or plus creators are like, no, call me fat. Like, just let me own the word because then you like mm. then it loses its power of like insult. Right. Like if that's why I I would I would assume. And, it, and it, it's such a word, though, Sarah, like when you yeah. say it it like it's, it's true. a general like, reaction, it, right? Like, oh, right. You get offensive? a little bit <laughs> like when you were saying before, like my friend who's a fat TikTok creator, I was like, it took me a minute to understand that it's like, okay for you to say that, that you're not saying it as an insult. So yeah, we, so obviously we have such a long way to go, but you were saying before, like you do think that there has been like kind of movement towards 
think so. Yeah. Like Fenty Beauty, her runways, her runway shows, like it takes away and it erases so much of what Victoria's Secret did for us. So much, right? Like we mm. are watching people of all different sizes, men, women, everything in between, just like walking and owning and showing up in their bodies. And it just, I don't know, for me, I think that the pendulum is swinging one way to the other. And I just hope that eventually our children grow up in a world where they don't look at stretch marks and don't know what they are, or they don't see fat as inherently bad or don't see thinness as inherently good. I hope right. that they just understand that genetically we are all so, so different. I hope they understand that, you know, that saying of we can all eat the same things and work out the same ways and we will all still look different. Like that is essentially what we're meant to do. We will all experience postpartum differently. We will experience mental health differently. The more that we see different, I think the more that we start to see beauty in multifacets as well. And that's been my experience. And it's allowed me to sort of own my own, even if I don't see it mirrored all the time, that it allows me to kind of stand alone in it. Right. And, and even though now I do know that like, there's a lot of people who look like me, which is very, very cool. We have to sort of see beauty as so multifaceted and also value people beyond their beauty, which I think is also really cool. And not focus, like I said, as a woman, like think about how many things we could have cured, how many things we could have invented and done if we weren't so busy thinking about our bodies. And I think about that all the time. Yeah, for sure. You are amazing. Everyone, if you don't already, follow The Birds Papaya on Instagram. And I love you, Sarah. Thank you for coming on. I feel like you're just so, like I'm speechless because I feel like you just, no, you're so knowledgeable and so like genuine and it's an important conversation. I literally wanted us to talk about like the Oscars and the slap, but you know what? There are more important things to to cover. There is. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. I think it's like such a, as somebody who like loves celebrity culture, it can be really like mixed up in how do we navigate all of this space and how do we like love celebrities, but also like figure out how to love ourselves and like such unrealistic standards. And I think right. there is room for both, right? I think there is so much nuance to everything. And I think approaching everything with grace and understanding and like the bigger picture is, is kind of my approach to it all. Right. And I don't know. I was also very excited to come on this podcast. Today. It was very fun. I love you, babe. Thank you for coming love you on. Too. Thanks so Everyone, much. Everyone, the birds papaya. Wow. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Not Skinny But Not Fat. Follow me on Instagram at Not Skinny But Not Fat. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Rate the podcast that you love so much on Apple Podcasts and write a little review. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday.